Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Ryan Atkinson, and you are on the Business Cloud. We have a conversation with Rafi Thorson and Luke Thorson on today's episode. They co-founded Vlogme, which is the destination to watch, create, and share authentic in real-life vlogs with the people you care about so you can start connecting instead of comparing we talk about how they started Vlogme, the negative impacts of social media, how Vlogme is changing that, their fundraising awards they've won, and starting a company as siblings. This is a really fun episode. I'm excited for you guys to give it a listen. So let's dive in. Welcome both of you to the podcast. I'm so, so excited to have you on. Thank you for having us. We're so stoked. Yeah, thanks, man. We're so excited for this opportunity. Awesome. Before we get started, I do want to ask about you guys coming over from the Philippines um, to Austin, Texas. What are three words that come to mind when someone asks you, what's Austin, Texas like? Ooh, I would say the first one that I notice is welcoming. What's, what's yours? I would say this one is very, very simple, but I, I think Austin is very chill. It's a very chill vibe here. I guess that kind of goes with welcoming. <laughs> and I guess welcoming, chill, and fun. It's super fun here. And like a super young crowd. So there's just always stuff to do. Yeah. Well, can you take us through like, when did you guys come to Austin, Texas? You guys were in the Philippines. Can you give us context around coming from the Philippines to Austin, Texas? Yeah, we moved to Austin in August of 2021. And we had come right from... The Philippines, where we were, you know, locked down for two years there, and so coming here to uh, Austin, Texas, you know, the land of the free, we were so excited <laughs> to be able to, you know, leave our house and go and you know do stuff. And so we, we've been here a little over a year now, probably like a year, a few months, and wow, we just love, we just love it here. You know, it's been such little time, but it's funny because everyone that we meet here that's kind of in the same world as us mm -hmm. has been here less time than us like yeah, we're almost like locals here now it's crazy <laughs> and we've only been here like a little over a year yeah and so it's cool how how new this city is or how fast growing it is where mm -hmm. we feel like we just moved here yesterday and there are actually people who have moved here yesterday you know so it's it's really cool to be able to see such a like such a cool city that's expanding so fast mm-hmm that's uh, it's funny because when people say that they've been in Austin for more than a year, I always call them veterans. I've been here since okay. like, I guess, fifth. And I feel like I'm actually starting to be one of the oldest ones in Austin now as well. So I can feel yeah, you yeah. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you guys like doing it? So when, how long were you guys in the Philippines for? And like, what like really brought you to Austin? Was it to escape lockdown or was it opportunities or what like really brought you here? So we were in the Philippines for six years. I moved there when I was 14. And so I went through high school there. Luke and my other older brother, Leroy, had already graduated high school, but we were there for almost six years. And then when COVID hit, that was um, quite soon after we began going on Vlogme full time. And it was just so, so strict there. I was 18 when COVID started and I just I wasn't allowed outside whatsoever. And so anyone under 21 wow. wasn't allowed outside of their house. And so I actually didn't leave like the front door of our house for about like a year. What? Like, yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is, you know, so I was, I think I was 20, 22. And when I would go and go to the pharmacy to get, you know, meds or whatever, when I would go to 
uh, Costco in the Philippines to get us groceries. When mm-hmm. I would drive there, they would have these military checkpoints on the highways that I would have to go through during COVID. And they would take me taking my temperature, nice. they would take my name down. And, you know, after, you know, two years of that, we were just kind of worried because we're like, I don't know when this is going to end. And yeah. you know, it only takes one guy who wants to cause problems to hold me up. You know, I was thinking, I feel fine. So if I go and get us groceries, what happens if they take my temperature? My temperature's high. You know, like yeah. what, what happens then? And so after that, you know, for especially for my sister and my dad. So my dad is over 60 and my, my sister is on was under 21. And so because of that, they couldn't leave the house at all. And, you know, they even banned outdoor physical that. activity. Yeah, like in our um neighborhood we had like a neighborhood basketball court and they tied up the nets and so nobody could use them because yeah. there's no physical activity outside a yeah. yeah so it was it was pretty it was pretty rough for for that two years i mean honestly for me it, it wasn't great it wasn't yeah. healthy i would say but i'm a pretty big introvert so i didn't really mind <laughs> kind of happy to be at home but you know it it, it was kind of weird to think like this feels like a well, it didn't feel like it was an actual military lockdown. And so, right. you know, the, the last time that I went to to Costco to get us groceries at the checkpoint, they had a they had a legitimate tank that was blocking three of the lanes on the highway. And oh I, was my like, God. I was like, why is there a tank here, man? Like, <laughs> like I don't get it. So I, I mean, for, for us moving to the Philippines from Canada, uh, where we grew up was definitely a big culture shock, even though we're half Filipino, you know, we, we grew up in Asia, but living and spending most of our time growing up in Canada and then moving to the Philippines was a big culture shock on its own. And then our oh, last yeah. two there were an even bigger culture shock. Again, you know, we felt like we had gotten into the flow of things. We were feeling mm-hmm. like locals. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and it's like, I think the Philippines had the longest lockdown um, of any country in the world. Wow. Yeah, they actually only just a few weeks ago went back to in-person classes. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Then yeah, started up again. Yeah. That's nuts. And so, Rocky, you kind of alluded to a little bit, but like you guys are take us through Vlogme. So v- did Vlogme start in the Philippines and then you guys decided to take shop and move it to Austin, Texas or... Give us context on what Vlogby is and how it really got started. Yeah, so actually it was Luke that came up with the idea when he was in high school, when we were still in Canada. And okay. so he with the whole like framework for it and the idea. And then we moved to the Philippines where it kind of went on the back burner for a little while because he was part of another startup called Careless Music Manila. And so while that was on the back burner, it was a couple of years. And then um, in the Philippines, my parents, the company that they were working on there, they ended up selling it back to their parent company. And so mm-hmm. then they were wondering, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Like, yes. we want to keep doing something. We got to do something now. And so my dad asked Luke if he thought that Vlogme still had legs. And he said yes. Mm-hmm. So then since then, that was, I think, May of 2019. Since then, our entire family just went full steam ahead with Vlogme. Like, wow. I was still in high school when I started working on it. I graduated like a couple months later, but That's awesome. everyone in our family just became totally full time on Vlogme. And so actually myself, Luke and our older brother, Leroy, we all invested our college funds into Vlogme. And so th- this is our college. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my dad actually told us that if you truly believe in Vlogme and 
you really want to work on this, you nice. can invest college funds that I set aside for you into this project. And, you know, it was a, it was a really big thing for me because when I had come up with this idea back in Canada in high school, you know, at the time I was initially when we started to vlog me, I came up with the idea because Snapchat had just released their new feature called the story feature. And mm -hmm. when that was brand new on Snapchat, I loved it. I was, I, I yeah. loved seeing all my friends, what they were doing in the moment. It felt yeah. so much more authentic than just what I saw them post on Instagram every few months. And because I loved it so much, the one thing I didn't like about it was that the people who followed me that were in different time zones or my par or people like my parents who did use social media every single day, the stories would delete after 24 hours and yep. it wanted them to stay you know, there forever. And so initially when I started VlogMe and came up with the idea, it was similar to, it was like Snapchat stories, but your stories never disappeared. And when I started to look into that whole you know, social media world and that social media landscape, I started to realize the negative effects that social media was having on young people, you know, and, you know, us being very similar in age, we were some of the first people ever to, you know, we were the first people ever to grow up using social media, you know, the first time in human history that people have grown up using this technology. And we've noticed that it's caused so many mental health issues among people in our generation. You know, the yeah. mental health rates have just skyrocketed for people in Gen Z. And when I started looking at that, I started to understand more about this whole, you know, mental health thing. Because before that, I had heard about the term mental health, but I didn't really know much about it. You know, it was just kind of like there. And when I started to learn more about it, I started to realize that, you know, Social media was affecting me in this way. And, you know, I've, I've been a lifelong content creator. Um, I'm, I'm a partner Twitch streamer. I've uploaded probably like 600 videos on YouTube. And I didn't realize that that was the thing that was causing me so many issues. And, you know, it got so bad while I was in high school that I ended up dropping out of grade 11 because I was just, you know, it, it's, it's stupid to think of now. But, you know, at the time, I... I was too anxious to show up to class. I would go to school every single day, but I would be too nervous to go into my class because I just couldn't deal with the, you know, the anxiety of having to go inside. And so I would sit outside of my class and my dad would get these emails all the time saying that I skipped school. And my dad would talk to me and be like, Luke, what's going on here? Why are yeah. you skipping all the time? And he knew, you know, I'm not, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't, in in the wrong crowd or doing yeah. drugs or anything but he was just worried because he's like I don't know what's going on here and when I ended up dropping out of school I took about I would say nine months of where I was doing online school which I really wasn't wasn't doing that's uh, <laughs> but uh, for about nine months I was doing that and I got really lucky because my parents were so supportive of you know kind of helping me figure it out. You know, it was always yeah. a, like a awesome. team thing. And I, my, my parents discovered this school that was in our city that we lived in called Victoria. It's off the coast of Vancouver. Yeah. And this school was, is called the Pacific School of Innovation and Inquiry. It's a high school that is based on inquiry-based learning. And when I found that school or my parents found it, the principal and one of the, you know, one of my, my first business mentors ever 
decided to take a chance on me and let me come into the school a little bit partway through the year. And it costs something like $7,000 per year to go there, but they gave wow. it to me for free because, you know, they, they, they saw that I needed, you know, some help. I needed some guidance and stuff. And when I was in that school, how it works is you ask a question at the beginning of the year and your whole curriculum is based around answering that question while checking all the boxes to allow you to graduate. And so during that time, I started Vlogme. And, you know, my question was, uh, I don't remember specifically, but it, it was, you know, why is social media having this negative impact on us? And why is it making us, you know, more, social media is, is supposed to connect us, you know, but it's made us a lot more antisocial. And so my, my whole question and my whole thesis was based around that. And that's kind of when I started to really develop the whole idea for Vlogme. And so yeah. when we kind of put it on the back burner and moved to the Philippines, um, we, put it, we put it on the back burner after we went to the Philippines because we had this great opportunity with some of our friends to start this other startup. And so we started this startup called Careless Music Manila. And mm -hmm. that was my first startup that was a very, you know, exciting experience. It was in yeah. the entertainment industry. I started it with some of my best friends and we actually grew it to be the largest independent record label in the Philippines and one of the largest in Southeast Asia. And so we did that over the course of, you know, two years. And, uh, you know, it was funny because in the, in the entertainment world there, well, in the entertainment world everywhere, it's really run by the giants, you know, Sony yeah. Music, Bristol. But we were just young, stupid kids who were just like, yo, we can do this. <laughs> Anyway, we do it better. And, you know, with all of the pushback, we were kind of seen as, as the jokes in the entertainment industry in, in the Philippines. And it was great because being able to grow so fast and, um, you know, show that what we really believed in with Vlogme, with our authentic content, was really hitting with our, our fans there. And being able to grow it so big really opened our eyes to what we could do. And so when I started doing Vlogme with my family full time, my sister can probably expand on this, but when my parents asked if Vlogme still had legs, it became a family business from that point on. And it That's was awesome. really cool because our parents were willing to, you know, bet the ranch on this project. Yeah. And so even my sister, she could probably tell you, but she was in this right from high school. She, I asked her to redo some of our graphics because when we were on the old iPhones before with the, you know, the, the top bar, yeah, the bottom like bar. The home button and stuff. Yeah. That was what he had before with, um, his previous team, but then when the iPhone became like the iPhone 10, yeah, uh, X, and so then they had to do a whole revamp of the graphics, mm -hmm. and so that was when I came on board and I was working with a couple of designers, and um, I showed Luke and I'm like, hey, do you like this? And he did like it, and so then I, just I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Wait, you made this? Like you made this? It, it blew so my mind. Yeah. So what was on like the picture? Like what did you design or what did you make like for the new iPhone? Yeah, it was just our like initial mock-up idea of Vlogme. Okay. It looked quite similar to like Instagram or like Facebook, but kind of with the twist of um, like the colors and the artwork, which I really loved. It was like a line work and basically just making it the best of every social media so that it still feels familiar, but then fresh enough that it's it's you can tell that this is Vlogme. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really good, this actually like literally came out today, uh, the podcast Wall Street Journal Tech News Briefing. They talked about Facebook and like how when Facebook originally started, like, yes, there's a lot of great things that like connect the world through social media. 
but there's also like a lot of wrong that goes wrong with social media and like your mental health, depression, like all these different things that go that's wrong with social media. So I'm curious, what's your guys' take? What's wrong with social media today? And how is vlogging changing that? So I think one of the big things about the current social media landscape yeah. uh, for myself, I got Instagram when I was, I think, like nine or 10 years old. And so I really grew up using these platforms and seeing like myself and my peers and just the negative impact it's had. Like, mm-hmm. I know that even still, like I'm still overcoming this when I post a photo on Instagram, I'll be obsessively checking like the likes or like whatever views. And partly it's because on these platforms, it looks like everyone has a perfect life yep. because it's so curated that let's say like a model they they have like photoshopped bodies and before you would only see that in magazines but now it seems like everyone is eating the best food all the time where they're always at the beach or they have the perfect bodies when in reality it's like one percent of their life Mm -hmm. and so i think the biggest problems is that it's not a real perspective into these people's lives it's just the best highlight reels of what's happening and so on blog me, what we're trying to do is really make social media more authentic. And so our main differentiator is that you can only upload content that's been taken from directly inside of our in-app camera. So then that removes all of the Photoshop reposts. Oh, that's cool. Exactly. And so it's all in the moment, raw content. And so then it removes that whole side of it that's just very curated and fake. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things that that I noticed too is that on social media, you know, you are on there looking at people's lives and you're trying to relate to them. And it's very hard to relate to these people when, like my sister said, they're eating steak and calamari every day or they're at the feet <laughs> surfing. And it's like, man, you know, these people are having this amazing life. And I'm at home playing Super Smash Bros and eating macaroni, <laughs> you know, like, so that uh, sounds awesome as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, for me, I kind of, I kind of love it. But the, the issue for for young people is that they're comparing their their lives, their daily lives, to someone's highlight reel. And you know, it's not like people are doing this intentionally. It's just how these platforms are built. So yep. we like to talk about how on Instagram and on TikTok, it's really built for sharing that perfect photo or that final product. You know, after you. After you make a, let's say you're a model, you go and you take a thousand photos in your photo shoot, you'll post the best one or the best few on Instagram, right? But what they don't get to see on your Instagram is the entire process of what went into making that. You know, maybe you had a like fitting before where you had to try on all the clothes that you were going to be modeling in. And maybe you were on set and you were only taking pictures for a little bit of time, but there was this huge thing that happened in the background where they screwed up the set or they spilled coffee on your outfits. And you know, people don't get to see all of that behind the scenes stuff. And so they're really comparing their daily life to that final product. And what we think is missing on social media today is what people really wanna see is that process. You know, When you hear a song on the radio or on Spotify, you don't get to hear the months that it took of them in the studio months. making that song and you know how all of that stuff came together. And that's the relatable stuff. But we're so sucked into this whole thing of you know, only looking at that final product to where you know, these people who are posting on, on social media aren't relatable at all. And you know, that's what we're really doing with Vlogme is building a platform to share the process rather than just that final product. 
Yeah. So it'd be if going back to like the model, for instance, like, yeah, they're going to maybe post their final product on Instagram, but they could maybe post like the behind the scenes footage because you can only post from the in-app camera. Exactly. exactly. So you would see what would happen that entire day. Like, let's say they were shooting at a studio. And so then you would see what's happening with the stylists and the photographers and the whole team that came together to make this one final photo that was the front page of a magazine. Because you don't, people don't see the thousands of other photos they take that day. They just see the one final one that goes to the magazine. And so it's just a lot more relatable seeing that these people are also real human beings as well. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So this isn't so people are going to think, oh, is this just like be real? But this is different because it's going to stay on for more than 24 hours. Yeah. So the the main difference is, well, first, I, I love the fact that be real has gotten so big because, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of pushback from from people saying, well, people don't want to share their their, you know, that that process. People don't want to share their imperfections and everything. But with Be Real's in, insane popularity, you know, it's really showing that there's not only a need for this, but there's a big want from our generation for wanting to see this type of content. The difference between Vlogme and Be Real is Be Real is much more like a Snapchat, where it's more like a direct sort of messaging to each other. You're only posting within your friends. And so there's not much of a discovery or a creator form on there. So Vlogme comparing to Be Real is much more like an entertainment platform where you can consume content and create content. Whereas, you know, Be Real is mostly just like in the moment pictures, which is great, but there's not much content discovery or not really any content discovery to be done on the platform. Or creativity as a whole, because on Vlogme, we really want to push creators and just anyone who wants to upload content on Vlogme to be creative and to be able to express what they want to within limited editing tools, but something that they can actually um, like be themselves on. Like, for example, on Vine, they had six seconds to show whatever creative outlet they wanted to. Or so on Vlogme, instead of that create a limitation being six seconds, it's only from the in-app camera. So you can still edit, but everything has to be taken right here, right now. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, one of the major things that that we've noticed when doing these deep dives into this into these very popular social platforms is, you know, if you look at Facebook and you look at Twitter, you can do everything that you can do on Twitter, on Facebook and probably yeah. more. You know, you can type whole paragraphs. You're not limited. But what people like on social platforms is being able to express your creativity and express yourself with some sort of creative limitation which makes the content much more creative. And so, yeah. for example, on Twitter, instead of just writing a blog, you have to write it in 240 characters. And, yep. you know, that's shown that, you know, people have to condense what they want to say. And if they want to expand on that, there's a creative way to do it with Twitter threads, which are huge, yep. right? Or like my sister mentioned, Vine. You know, you can do whatever you want, but it has to be seven seconds. And so on Vlogme, you can still make your TikTok-like dance videos or your Vine-like skits. Or if you just want to use it as your own digital scrapbook, just like your Instagram story, you can. But the main difference is that only upload from inside of our in-app camera. Yeah, that's how I'm kind of thinking about it is like kind of like this podcast. Like I would upload a video like right now, this like, like oh, like here's a video like we're doing or whatnot. But the end product, the Instagram product would be after I do like the audio editing and like video editing. And I think that's exactly. that's the right way to approach it. A hundred percent. Yep. And, you know, with the people who are creating that sort of content, 
it's more fun when there's some sort of limitation on there because you have to use your creativity to figure out how you're going to do these things. And so it creates a whole different type of content. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I want to move to like your guys' fundraising because last week you guys went live on Start Engine. First off, congratulations to you. I'll give you a round of Thank applause. You. Thank here. You. But I want I'm interested in like those conversations. Okay, let's go raise on Start Engine. Can you just take us like how those conversations really started and like what those interactions are like between like your whole family? Yeah. Well, you know, for for us initially, we have so far raised through what we call friends, family, and fools. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that friends, to investors, but <laughs> you know, it's mostly it's been, good. Uh, you, you know, good. smaller investors. We've got some angels in that are have put up a little bit more, but up until this point, we've raised about 300K. But now that we're looking for, for more money, thank you. Yeah. Well, now that we're looking for, for bigger money, um, we were looking at, you know, either looking at VCs or going this crowdfunding route. And for a platform like ours, where it's a consumer-facing product, what's great is that with a platform that is, you know, consumer platform, all of the investors in your campaign become big-time advocates, almost ambassadors for your product. And so on a crowdfunding platform, you know, getting a bunch of these investors in is actually a huge benefit for us. You know, a lot of people talk about having a very clean cap table. You want to have like very few people, but key people on it. But for a platform like ours, where we really want to, um, you know, grow through word of mouth and or, yeah. like organically, one of the best ways is having, you know, hundreds or thousands of advocates for your platform. And so raising like this is a great way that we can almost do a marketing campaign where we're actually making money on it because it's getting us investments, but at the same time, be able for us to still have, you know, control of what vision we want to have for the app, what, the direction we're taking it. You know, right now, before we have our first, you know, 100,000 users, we, we don't really want to have a boss. You know, we don't want a VC to come step in and tell us you got to do this and this and this. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so for, for us, we just, we, we think that this route is a very good one because it makes sense on so many different different levels, whether it's yeah. marketing, getting those advocates, and also just being able to have, creative control of the direction of our company. And so it's, uh, it's definitely, I would say it's, it's harder, you know, because you have to talk to so many people and you can't just, you know, it, it's not something where you put it up and then it's automatically a success. It's like a very big grind to be able to mm. keep up the momentum and be able to get the investors in. And it's also hard because, you know, crowdfunding, especially in the venture capital world, has a kind of a tainted reputation. People think it's a little bit tacky, especially the VC. But I I truly believe that crowdfunding like this is is the future of fundraising for you know pre-seed startups, and it, it just opens the door to so many more things. Yeah, that's what I. That's a really interesting point that you made. That since you are crowdfunding, the people that are investing have like a motive to like really word of mouth advertise for you guys because like smokes like i'm back in this company come join this app and when it's a VC, like it's just one person really and they probably will have a network but this is a whole different ball game of advertising for free essentially definitely exactly because it's all consumers and so yeah what's cool about starting anyone can really invest because the minimum amount is a hundred dollars and so mm-hmm. then i can even reach out to my friends and really anyone that is able to put up a hundred dollars and they're immediately 
advocates, ambassadors for our app because they're the ones that are going to be using it and really wanting to root for us because they they've put some stake into the company already. Yeah, I love it. And so we are coming down to an end. I have like two questions for you that I'm really curious about. Let's take the first one though. So you both were in Austin's 25 under 25. Another round of applause for you both. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like take us to the moment when you found out and some of the emotions you're feeling with like, like smokes, like this is a huge accomplishment. So take us to that moment. Yeah, it was actually Sheree Werner. She's from Koya, also hosts Fiesta. Great event, by the way, like yeah. the best networking event for startups in Austin. But she messaged me and she was asking for some info because she was going to nominate us for the 2525. So I was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, like, like, I love Sheree. Like, thank you so much. Awesome. And then I kind of just forgot about it after we stopped talking about it. And then actually, I only found out when our friend Destin Bell from Cardio, he sent in our like friend group chat. He sent a screenshot of Luke and I. And I'm like, wait, what? What? Hold up. <laughs> yeah. He was also part of the list. Um, and so he was he saw himself in there and then he scrolled down and he's like, Oh, this is Luke and Rafi. And then he sent it to our group chat and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy because I, I remember waking up and seeing that message on my phone and I didn't really know much. I know my sister was asking for like a picture of us together to send a Shuri, but I didn't really know what it was for. And so when I saw that in the group chat, I was like, Oh my God, that's really cool. Like, it, it, you know, it's, of course, it's just like, it's just a list, but it, it does, it's one of those things where it just feels kind of good because you, you're building so much in private and it's yeah. so hard, you know, like, I, and I know you, you know, this with like what you're doing, it's, it's every day there's a, there's a reason to quit. And those reasons to quit are really good reasons, you know? It's like, man, I could be doing this. I could be more comfortable. I could do this, really? but we're builders, you know, like we, we're trying to build something. We're doing this in the pursuit of something bigger, right? And so to have a little bit of recognition a- a- along that was kind of nice. Yeah, well, I have to imagine too, it's like, it's, oh, like I put my whole college fund into starting this. And so I feel like this is a huge accomplishment. And so I wanted to ask our final question before we close down. You guys have been awesome, by the way. So everyone, so they were in Austin's under 2025, but they're also siblings, which I know you have getting across. I'm just curious. It's obviously working out. But I'm just curious. <laughs> what's it like, like starting a company with your sibling? Um, shout out to my <laughs> sister, but I don't know if I could do it. So how, what's it really like? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I could see it any other way. Like it just, it works so well. Like our family yeah. just works really, really well together. And so I, it just, I, I didn't even think that this wasn't normal. Like, yeah. like people are like, oh, I can't believe you started a company with your family. And I'm like, yeah, like, isn't that just what you do? Like, and we have <laughs> this one bedroom apartment together. And it's like, apparently that's also not normal. To, like, <laughs> like, share a one bedroom apartment. But it's just so, like, normal to us. And that's yeah, like, we just work so well together that I couldn't see it any other way. Yeah, you know, it was, it, it was definitely... We have a lot to thank our parents for, for that, you know, because when I was growing up, my my dad was a life, he's a lifelong entrepreneur. And whenever he would start a new company, um, he would really involve me and my brother a lot. You know, he would bring us to his business meetings. I didn't know what they were talking about or anything, but I was so excited to be in the room. And, and, you know, it it was just this culture that my, my parents built for us. And it's always been, you know, we're, we're in this as a team. And 
when my parents, you know, they, they would talk about it a lot, but their actions really prove that, you know, especially when they, they drop everything. And, you know, we say we invested our college funds, but our parents had invested everything they have into this. And That's so awesome. it's truly, you know, it's something that I just could, I also couldn't see it any, any other way. We have such a great dynamic together. You know, my dad has this business experience. He's done four IPOs. And my, then our mom is like the networking superstar. Like she somehow becomes best friends with everyone she meets. And you know, so. she's, awesome. she's really the glue. And my sister and, and I and my brother just have this, we have very different views for a lot of things, but we all have, you know, the same core values. And so I feel like we have a very good dynamic of being able to, you know, get into these, you know, I wouldn't say arguments like so much. Disagreements. <laughs> disagreements where it's like, disagreements. Yo, we, yeah, we, <laughs> we have these disagreements where, you know, with, with the random co-founder, it might be something that would ruin the relationship, yeah. you know, but with us, you know, we got to go home and eat together. Yeah, we, we have dinner together at the end of the day, so we can't really like, it won't ruin our relationship that much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we sleep at the same house. So yeah. So it's, it's a really good dynamic. And we're, I mean, for me, I, I don't know how I could have done any of this if my family didn't, you know, take this chance. And so it, it's really, really awesome. Yeah, I love it. Well, you both were awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the Business Cloud. This was a really great episode. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Please plug all those links and they will be down below in the description as well. Yeah, definitely. You can check out Vlogme. We're on the App Store live on iOS. If you're interested in Vlogme at all, we're live on Start Engine, And so it's just startengine.com slash Vlogme if you want to learn more. Anything awesome. you want to add? Yeah, there's a, if you just go to Vlogme.com, there's a link to our Start Engine there. It just says invest now. Um, if you want to follow us, I'm at Luke Thorson on Instagram. She's at Raffi.Thorson. Raffi.Thorson. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very exciting journey. We were posting a lot about what we're doing. And so. Um, if you're interested in you know joining or if you're interested in just seeing how things are going, um, our website is a one-stop shop that has all of our links on it. Perfect. Well, those links will be down below. Thank you both so, so much for joining us. This was a great episode and Thank super excited so we got you. Ryan, this was awesome, man. I can't wait to come back after 100 episodes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>